Hello and welcome to the Orca Pod as we continue our coverage of Backyard Survival 1 in our quest to cover all 11 modern day LRGs uh, as part of our epic 11th month quest. We are into month two. We're deep into month two with our coverage of Backyard Survivor. Uh, if you've missed out on it, you can catch the recap with me and Jules or the interview with the winner and runner-up, Sally and Amy, that we did last week. Um, but today is what you tune in for. Today is the best of all the podcast coverage we do for every show. I'm, of course, talking about the tea party with Annabelle, where we get Annabelle and a bunch of equally, well, I don't think anyone's equally as spicy as Annabelle, but people that are maybe a little bit on the spice meter to give the hot goss and takes of the season. Before we get into that, Please go and vote on the MVP wards. Shame on you, backyard community. You presently have less total votes than Melbourne Survival 1, which we did last month, which nobody had ever watched before in the history of YouTube. So uh, shame on you all for not voting. You need to get and vote and make sure your favourites get the awards that matter. Um, and then next week, of course, we'll wrap up our backyard coverage where we hand out these awards and, of course, the most important one, the Orca Award, the Bromelow Medal as well as have an interview with Kyle and Brian. And then into November, we will be looking at Canberra Survival 1. So everyone, get binging Canberra Survival 1. Now, that's the that's the business. Now to the fun, now to the show, bringing in the uh, host of the Tea Party, Annabelle, welcome. Hey, CK. I mean, I didn't think anything could possibly top that scintillating one hour of Melbourne Survivor Season 1. But here we are in your relentless quest to ruin my life and make me watch every Australian LRG there ever was. That is the true point of this. You've you've expressed to me that you hadn't watched many of them before and now you are having to get deep in the content. Shoot me directly into the sun. And and at a time when you've got all sorts of other more important uh, podcast um, commitments as well for real reality television shows. It's all coming at once. Offensive, CK. Nothing could possibly be more intel- more important than a YouTube series that came out nine years ago. Ah, uh, it's it was the, it's the cornerstone of civilization, really. <laughs> Living for it. Well, I will now depart and we will let you run the tea party as you usually do. But uh, as I said, I'm here to do the tech. So when you want to call these people in, if you want to introduce them, you let me know and I'll, I'll bring them in. So uh, see everyone next week and enjoy the show. Well, speaking of people who want to ruin my life, I felt like we really needed to clear some air before we kicked off this podcast today. So I would like to first invite one of my nemesis, Cal, to join us today. Cal, please come in. <laughs> hello. Hello. Hi, Cal. So you you may not remember, but um, we've actually met online before when you were very rude to me during a yes. game of, I don't remember if it was Mafia or Werewolf some years ago. So I just... Um, yes. Wanted to give you a moment to apologize if you if you wanted to take that moment. Um I would like to respectfully decline. <laughs> no. So um <laughs> I rem- I do remember the game. It was Mafia and um I think I was the only one that really knew how to play. Mm, and I got a little yeah. frustrated with some of yes. the other players. Not gonna lie. 
dumbest, dumbest person he's ever played a game with, uh, I believe were the words used. And I'd, I'd challenge you, Calvin, to play a game with the Traders cast of season two. You'd kill yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I would hope that you would, um, after you, now that you've played the traders, you would kind of understand my urgency a little bit. <laughs> all grace. Um, all right, so I would like to bring in our hungover queen, the legend who approached this experience with the level of seriousness it deserved. Come on in, Emma. Hey. Hello, darling. Are we feeling a little bit less crusty today? Yes, absolutely. We piped up. <laughs> Love that for you. And in stark contrast, the legend of the season, the woman who is taking this completely seriously and could never be told she's the dumbest person to ever play a game with. Come on in, Rosie. We love you. Thank you. Oh, hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello, sweetheart. So, how long ago was this filmed? Somebody. It was five and a half years, I think. Yeah, I was freshly 30 and I'm 36 now, so. Mm. Wow. What a time. Yeah, five and a half. Yeah, because it was January and it was really hot. So do we actually remember anything that went down or are we really are we really having to go back through the old messenger chats? I remember it. It's, it's up yeah. there. Yeah. I, I rewatched it on the weekend in prep for this and I was quite shocked how much I'd remember, like already retained and yeah. Yeah, I obsessed about it. So for a it was bit a big day and a lot of it stuck. <laughs> All right, well, I wanted to kick off by kind of understanding where we were at going into this. Um, so I want to know kind of what your experience with this sort of nerdy stuff was before and whether or not, I mean, I assume quite a lot of you must have already known each other going into this. So, Calvin, why don't you kick us off? What, what was your vibes going in? How over the top excited were you? And did you know anyone there? Um, so I didn't know very many people actually, um, Kyle was actually dating my housemate at the time and he would come over and we'd nerd out to Survivor. We'd just talk and talk and talk for ages about it. And so he was having his birthday message me to come along. And so I was like, yeah, okay, why not? Um, and he was still needing to fill some numbers. So I actually got my housemate, David B on board, who was we the first, first boot. David with a cap. Yes. So yeah. Wait, wait, the hat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got him on board, but so other than Kyle and um and David, I didn't know anyone else on the cast. So was I was this... um sorry? So like Melbourne season one, was this another birthday party that got a little bit extra? Very much so, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't think any I don't think any of us were expecting what we rocked up to on the day. <laughs> Speaking of not expecting what they were getting themselves into, Emma, tell us. Oh, yeah, I I agreed to do it, I think, the night before at, like, 10 o'clock or something. So it was, um, I was already a few whiskeys deep and they sent me the details and I acted like I'd read through them and they said, yeah, sure, I'd come and then just set the alarm, um, <laughs> which did get me up in the morning. It, yeah, scared the shit out of me, but, I'd, yeah. We'd been at a work drinks and one of those things that had like kicked on to someone else's house and there was about 10 of us there and we all just kind of fell asleep and then the alarm went off in the morning and 
that that hangover was no joke. Those were the clothes I'd been wearing to work before. <laughs> that's why those are like black work-looking trousers. Didn't you have um, someone's shirt inside out because you didn't have the right colour? Yeah, well, I didn't know. I didn't know what it was supposed to bring. So I, well, I wasn't going to bring anything anywhere, I don't think. But, yeah, I got there and, the, um, yeah, lovely Rachel lent me, you know, the red shirt and the blue shirt so I could put it on for that. But, yeah, and I think they, I was so late that they, they were holding up the start for me. So when I got there, I didn't get a chance to really chat to anyone. It was sort of just, like, pushed straight into the first confessional and, it was inside their house and it's that room that was full of sand and had all the like Christmas trees inside. It was all decorated for Survivor and then, you know, like cameras on tripods everywhere. Like Jen was there with all the big cameras and stuff. And yeah, I think that was when I was sort of like, oh shit, this is not not a not just a day of activities and stuff. This is just pretty serious. And I look pretty ridiculous. So yeah. Oh my god, I'm living for I had it. To gear pretty quickly, but yeah, I, I barely knew anyone there. So how did you know Kyle? So I knew Sally and Rachel and Sam I'd met a few times before, um, sort of through mutual friends. And I'd met Kyle at an event that they'd organised months before. It was like a beer Olympics thing. And I was invited sort of through those mutual friends and that's when I met some of them. But up leading up to that, those, yeah, leading up to that day, I think I'd only crossed paths with, with those three maybe four or five times sort of out at, at different things. Um, I'm literally yeah. obsessed. Like Kyle has poured all of his birthday money into having like the greatest party of his life. Rosie has been waiting her entire existence for an opportunity like this to come along. And Emma is there straight from kick-ons. <laughs> We've not even showered. It's honestly, it's the energy that I brought. I love that for you. Rosie, talk to me. How did you get involved? Um, my invite came through Brian, who I met through a mutual friend, Tamara, when I was living in New Zealand, and I had the box sets of Survivor out in my lounge room, which Brian noticed. He's like, oh, you like Survivor? I was like, I'm obsessed with Survivor. <laughs> um, and he, like, stored that away, and a few years later he uh, reached out and said, hey, like, me and my friend are going to, like, take a bunch of people out into the bush somewhere out of Perth and film something. Are you keen? I was like, yeah, I'm keen. And that never went anywhere. And then a few more years later, he's like, all right, we're going to do it this time. It's Kyle's birthday. And I, I went to school with Kyle for year eight, year nine, but I wasn't friends with him and didn't stay in touch afterwards, but have since become friends again through Backyard Survivor. Um, but they, so I knew, knew Kyle knew Brian, knew Tamara, who we played with, and uh, Rhiannon was also, um, we went to the same school but weren't friends and hadn't seen her since school. So I didn't really know anyone there, but I was very ready to play. I was like, you know, I was like, oh, you know, this is exciting. I get to, like, test playing Survivor. So, yeah, I was a keen bean going into it. Oh, that's so cute. So really, Calvin, it was just you with no friends. <laughs> I, Yeah. <laughs> 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 no kyle isn't kyle cutest the chemistry the charisma that brian and kyle were surfing seriously it carried me through i i was loving it were they as vibrant in real life very much there's so, a lot of it? yeah there's a bit of stress that happens behind the scenes that doesn't make it onto like the edit you know and like frantic things like oh hurry and then it's like all right action and then it's like okay people that have it together love it um so 
on the pre like who knew who we saw like amy o popping off a few times about how she'd been backstabbed by her friends was she talking about people who she'd made a sort of alliance with within that 30 minute period or what did she have actual friends she knew who had voted for her sort of somewhere between maybe about eight of them knew each other quite well but like mm. Kyle and Brian did a really good job at um, spreading them across the tribes it was it was hard to tell and also I don't think it made a difference because I think they enjoyed making alliances with each other as much as they love backstabbing each other so it, I think it added more dimension to the as opposed to sort of like us where we were kind of trying to make friends like outside because we were really meeting new people and <laughs> it was probably a little bit harder to um be be that sassy so yeah I think it was I think it was a good thing <laughs> there was like I noticed a lot of I think you were fine Rosie because you were winning everything you had like the pool area lots of space to stretch out but there, there seemed to be like that part down the side of the house where you Calvin and Emma were stuck a lot of the time you had like one bench nowhere to go off and strategize and so you'd all just kind of sit together twiddling your thumbs not being able to talk was it actually like that cal or it was all yeah. over, the boots were all over the place there was like i mean if we wanted to move we could have but it was so tight and no one was moving that you didn't want to be that first person to jump up and be like oh yeah I'm strategizing putting a target on my back so um yeah first vote i went to under there being just on the green tribe, we were able to like sneakily strategize. But then going back there a second time uh, with the the new reds, just radio silence the whole time. It was yeah. Awkward. I think other than that first time you guys were there, though, that was always the the hangout point before tribal. So it was, it was yeah. always pretty uncomfortable energy. Yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah, I think it was sort of before any like no one was really comfortable in in any of their alliances during the times that we're hanging on that side, so. Yeah, that's tough. Um, and actually, speaking of tough, um, there was a real medical emergency on this season, and I just wanted to know how you all managed to navigate around this. So and for those who haven't watched it, um, we had a guy who had a serious, I assume deadly allergy to wearing a T-shirt, Rem, who everybody had to to play this game with. And and Emma, you, actually, no, Rosie, you probably had to spend the most amount of time with him. You know, navigating a game with a, with a guy with a, that serious a medical condition, how did it affect the tribe dynamics? Uh, I don't know. Like, we, because we were, Red obviously bonded very well together. And I think a big part of that was because we won the first challenge straight off the bat. You know, it's easy to like each other when you're winning. Um, and Rem contributed to that win kind of thing. So I think he was always valued. But obviously, it's quite a, it's quite a show. You know, I'm going to play the whole day with my shirt off. And it was hot and it was sunny. So it was also like a bit of an irresponsible, like uncomfortable decision to make. Um, I think that's just, the personality he wanted to present it's like you know there were some personalities that day so that was just one of them um it's all right to each their own i guess i'm literally obsessed maybe <laughs> maybe we should all play completely topless next time <laughs> <laughs> yeah no <laughs> so was was i wanted to talk about ram was he quite he was obviously a very assertive personality but when i was trying to pick my orca 
for this season. And just, just to clarify, the orca of the season has to meet three key criteria. So number one is loud and proud. Uh, so they have to have rubbed somebody on the tribe the wrong way very quickly. Number two. <laughs> 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 snake. Number two, they have to always know best. So they've got the strategy. They know how to make a move. And you better believe they're going to be telling everybody that move that we're making. And number three is propensity for narcissism. So if you enter a room, you're the hottest one there. Previous winners of the Orca Award, joint uh, CK and myself, uh, Ethan Bromelo from Sydney Survivor. And I believe, oh my God, I've already forgotten his name. CK, whack it in the comments. Uh, but a guy who got basically zero screen time. Kevin, that's right, Kevin. Kevin from Melbourne season one. We barely saw him, but his reputation precedes him. Now, I felt Rem was a real shoe-in for loud and proud and propensity for narcissism, but I wasn't really seeing a lot of him push strategy down people's throats. Emma, did you feel like he was a master strategist? In his oh. own mind, at least. I don't, yeah, maybe. I mean, I felt like we got a bit played by him, so. Mm. Mm. He did I, flip. Yeah, there was something that he certainly was, he was playing his own game, I think. So I don't think he was no. encouraging, but I don't know, you'd be closer to that, Rosie. Yeah, Rosie. I think he happily sort of stood back and let the other people in your group sort of lead. <clears throat> I think, like, you know, there was a whole red strong strategy and then it, came sort of from mostly the girls, I think, in our group about who we would vote off next. Um, and Rem was always just happy, you know, it's not me, I'm okay. And his, Rem was one of the people towards the end of the game that was like ready for it to be a party and not Backyard Survivor. Um, so I think towards the end, he kind of like a little bit strategically checked out. He was like, you know, just going with the flow kind of thing, was like ready to get on the beers. Um, so what I'd say like strategy on like, scale of one to ten probably sitting around maybe like the three or four like able to make moves but like just not more there to take his shirt off and be seen than play the game mm, strong criteria number three but not we're not getting a lot of number two calvin am i missing someone give me your pitch for who who should get the orca award this season the orca award my other thought was Ooh. dan oh yeah i was dan. literally gonna say dan yeah yes Yes, Absolutely. thank you. Yes, um, he was I nailing them too. Yeah, go Calvin. I was like, um, when we swapped tribes with him, he's quite a loud and opinionated person. I don't think he's watched a full season of Survivor. And then here's little old me trying to like sit under the radar and just like, and he's just spitting facts that were wrong. And he was like, he was trying to convince yeah. the whole tribe that we were going to merge at like seven people. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, they're not going to do that. And just like little things like that, but he's very, you know, very loud. And I, I was trying to avoid confrontation in the game. It, it's <laughs> giving loud and proud myself. and master strategist. I'm, I think I'm sold. Yeah. Emma, can you, yeah. can you confirm for me? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. That's I, I mean, he was from the beginning. Um, he was certainly trying to assume a leadership sort of position in our, in our set tribe. And then um, when we did have the tribe swap, I, I yeah, I think, Carly, you can speak to that too. But I think he was definitely trying to make sure he had some position of control and, and saw a 
considered himself a threat, which he would have been. We did hear a lot about how he's a personal trainer, so he likes to win. Um, Emma, as someone who's not a professional athlete or athlete adjacent, oh. would you say you're passionate about losing? No, I think I, I think I was sort of quietly competitive in the second half. You were great. You were great. But obviously, if we're not athletes, we love losing. <laughs> you were though, Emma. You got hit real rough. You were went to pretty much every tribal for the first yep. part of the game. How did you manage to survive that? Oh, I think the first two were just luck. I, when I was watching it back, I still think I did the right thing by playing my idol in that first round. No one had spoken to me and I was, you know, trying my best to be social with the group, but I was rotten in that first probably couple of hours. Um, and then I feel very sorry for Matt for what happened with the, the rules and the misunderstanding, but that, I think that was the only reason I didn't get kicked out of that at that second tribal because um, the the other team members were a bit shitty at him about that. Can you remind um, me what that was, please? I might have been watching it on We lost the challenge because, um, like, Matt had mis misheard some of the rules. Oh, okay. He had a bit of a tantrum. Ah, yeah. yes, I remember the tantrum. I remember the tantrum. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't think it set us back that much, but then the tantrum kind of sealed the sealed it as an incident or an event when it probably yeah, would have been a bit of a non-event, but I just kind of stood back because that that was my only way to not get kicked out at that tribal. Um, and then mid-game, I think I was okay because I wasn't really seen as a threat and it was kind of the time for that. So I think I was okay there. You were pretty good, I felt like, once you made, you made merch. You were sitting pretty. And especially when they're sort of slowly cutting away at the five which we'll, we'll get to that but how, again even at the tribe swap how did you tell me your secrets what's this well you can still survive the votes you're profoundly hungover you aren't part of this core friendship group oh we, we still had a group of five of us so we we had that um yeah. and in the tribe swap we I mean, we should have voted Ram out there and that probably would have changed the game. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think I was just – I think people were happy that I was going with the flow when, when it was coming to – you know, these guys were saying, you know, we're throwing our votes on, on Rihanna. And I was like, all right, yeah, of course, <laughs> with you, just as long as it's not me. And I, I don't think I was sort of hopeless mid-game at the challenges. I wasn't uh, like, a, like an awful team player, so that – yeah, was getting more into gear at that point. So that was, yeah, helping. You did really hold your own and in the individuals as well. Unfortunately, there was somebody else there. Rosie, <laughs> how did you take control of your tribe so quickly and keep that stranglehold? I didn't, well, I didn't go about it in the sense of trying to have control, but um, I realised quite quickly that I was the only one with um, above average survivor knowledge if, any survivor knowledge and I really wanted to like play survivor I was like all right if I'm not you know I can't be like a bull out of the gate playing intensely against these people in my tribe if I'm like I want to play I need to play with them and take them along on the journey I was like so I'm just going to share all my knowledge everything I think I know about survivor that will help me I'm just going to share that with my team and that will helpfully bond us as a team um and we won the first challenge which is obviously like hugely beneficial in like having that strong group mentality, confidence, 
camaraderie. And then we won the second one, which just consolidated that. <clears throat> and we all liked each other as well. There was no, there were no abrasive personalities um, in our little group of five. And we kept going back to the pool and having food. So we were having like the best time of anyone, which again, just further bonded us together as a team. Um, and I think because I was the only one that was able to sort of serve up ideas when it came to strategy, people were willing to listen to me. And I think maybe there were some people that did have enough knowledge to be able to offer alternatives, but they chose not to because they were sort of following that fly under the radar kind of strategy, which I was okay with not doing because I wanted to play because I was a super fan, you know. Um, we just kept doing well. And then we were really lucky in that tribe swap that we stayed together as a four. And then we were just, again, it was luck at the merge with that vote. Like we had luck went our way a couple of times and that's how we were able to stay together so solidly, so deep into the game. Um, but we were actually, we also were very like tightly together as red. We were like identified as red for that day very strongly and still do kind of when there's like little get togethers, you know, we're like, oh yeah, red. If anyone even remembers our season these days, we're like, yeah, so long ago. That's a, well, and talk to me, Calvin, about the dynamic on your tribe because you kind of weren't losing as dramatically as Emma's or winning as iconically as Rosie's, but you still took a couple of hits and you were split up when it came to the swap. What what was the vibe over on, was it original green? Yeah, OG green. Um, OG it was pretty pretty good. Like we, I guess we did sit pretty mid, mid-tier. We didn't have any high highs or low lows. Um, again, we were in that, our, our camp was in that undercover car garage, so not too much room. But I do think like, me and Rachel bonded quite quite well. And then from there, we sort of dictated a little bit uh, when it came to tribal. And then, yeah, when tribe swap happened, I saw that we had like three out of the six and I was like, sweet, like I'm all good, not going anywhere. Um, so, yeah, it all panned out really well pre-merge for us, um, well, for me. And I think if we had had a bit more room for strategizing and stuff like that, maybe things would have panned out a little bit differently but yeah all in all i think yeah we we're in a pretty good spot when you say more room to strategize at which point in the game was this is this at the merge no this is the vote when i played my idol <laughs> oh, um, yes i had a question <laughs> about that um yeah. where are we um yes Calvin, did you ever think of using, this is from CK, I asked him to send me a bunch of questions because I said, <laughs> you can't expect me to watch this and take notes. That's true. Yeah. That's, I don't love you that much. Calvin, <laughs> did you ever think of using your public idol in a way to manage numbers coming into the merge? For example, like talk about a man who's overthought this. Did you consider giving it to your OG green ally, Rachel, when she was in the former OG Red's death pit? <laughs> Four OG uh, Reds and Rachel on that tribe. I I did not actually. I as soon as I saw Rachel swapped onto the the complete minority that she was in, I I wrote her out of the game. I was like, so long, there goes my ally. <laughs> yeah, like if it was like right, like one vote before merge, maybe maybe. But at that point, I was like, she's got no hope. Let's invest it in. I'm in something else. Cut your losses, <laughs> Bad investment. honestly. Cut your losses. Yeah, Emma, didn't you have some 
sexy statistics for us around um, the odds of there being a tribe. I did, and I left my calculator at work, but I think I actually, we took a photo of it. Didn't we? You took a photo of it. It was very hot. Do you have a job that relates to maths? Um, no, but I did a maths degree and I've never used it. So today. Oh, wow. <laughs> Keep yourselves excited in the comments because this was very hot. Look at that. We worked out the odds that Red would actually have four or five of their tribe members in one tribe after the, um, or at the at the first tribe swap, um, and it was twenty five percent. But it's also like Cal was talking about having three people. They had a hundred percent chance of having three people in one one tribe because they're either going to have five together or four, or or they'd be split three two. So they <laughs> they weren't going to lose that that situation either way. But if they were split sort of three off, then maybe their other two players would have gotten picked off by the um, green tree, green team if it landed that way. But I mean, we had we had Ram on ours, and we didn't pick him off. So <laughs> talk, there's a bit of resentment coming through over this. So Emma, talk to me about how we got Ram on side. We didn't pick him off, and then he immediately flips when we come into merge. Talk to me about why you were so surprised by that. I mean, we protected him against when we were deciding who to vote for because we'd just been at Tribal. And I think he was sort of schmoozing everyone and, and we got the impression that he was going to stay with us. I mean, you can see in the footage that that was, you know, he'd already made his mind up. It wasn't like a last-minute flip. But, yeah, I think we, we just felt extra betrayed by the – there was not even a, sorry, guys, I'm just going to go back over here. He just walked off and they got laughed at us. As you can see, I pointed it out in the footage that, he would have been better off sticking with us because then we would have had the numbers, whereas he kind of split it into two even groups, which did make for probably um, a couple of good episodes. But, yeah. He did Heartless. loudly and multiple times warn you that he's polyamorous and could have loyalties to multiple <laughs> women in this game, MR and Rosie. Ultimately, it was your, your relationship that won out. Did you ever second guess whether or not Rem would come running back to red? Um, I felt pretty confident. I think everyone else, I mean, like we looked strong, but like there was also that it was, just, I don't know, I, it's hard to explain. We just were like really confident together as a five as red. Um, and we spoke about, staying red strong to the end. So I felt pretty confident that Rem was only going to go and we were very nervous for him that he would get kicked off because why wouldn't you kick him off? And so when he survived, I was like, hell yes, you know, like the five's intact. We knew that he would come back over to us. I don't think I thought that he would stay. I didn't see any reason for him to stay. So even though you say, Emma, that you would have had the majority numbers, it, it was a fractured majority um, and it was a solid five. So yeah, it, yeah, I mean, it was a moment, nevertheless, because I think it lit a fire under under everyone when your group kind of just merged back together so quickly. Yeah. Everybody got a lot more competitive after that, and like the red team was exceptionally tight. Probably, yeah, like to Rosie's credit and maybe Amy as well. I think. Um, oh yeah, that, all of us. That yeah. Competitiveness and the sort of camaraderie like made everyone else kind of want to want to hate them and want to beat them and <laughs> band together. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> I, I, I kind of see in some of the footage, there were probably a lot of people there but that were kind of lo losing interest during the day and, like, everyone was back in, like, everyone had their head in the game after 
probably that the merge everyone wanted to be there oh that's great we that i well except for rem who later decided he wanted to get on the beers but at least at that point everyone <laughs> Everyone was keen. We saw you, Cal. You were kind of the one rallying the troops in the pool at that point, saying, all right, it's us against Red. Had you played with all five of those people at the time? Or were some of those new faces he hadn't oh, met Oh, the yet? five of us in the pool. Um, no, that was everyone from the original, um, the swapped Red. Or tribe tribe tribe. Tribe. Yeah, Tribe 2. Um, yeah, no, it was, I played with them all. I, I guess we aligned by default, really. It wasn't like I still, I've still felt close to everyone, but we we aligned because we had to, essentially. You're the leftovers. Yeah. The, <laughs> well, I've got two more questions from CK dissecting your idol move, if you don't mind. If you thought I was a bit of a bitch before, just just wait. For me. Rosie and Calvin, you both found idols. Rosie did one publicly and one privately. Calvin did it publicly. Rosie's public was at tribal and used it at that vote. But Calvin's could have been obtained in so many other ways. Why was he just so obvious about it? Did, did you need the extra spotlight? <laughs> I definitely wasn't thinking about it in the spotlight. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Uh, um, this wasn't even my question. <laughs> no, screen time was like the last thing on my mind while playing. Um, it's because my idol was hidden at the winner's camp and I was like just freaking out and I was like, shit, what if I never come back here? And we were just sitting there and I, all I could see out of the corner of my eye was the drain pipe where the idol was hidden and I was just sitting there and I was like, oh, this is the longest like 10 minutes of my life and I was just like, fuck it. Let's just get up and grab it because I don't know if I'm going to come back here. And in your defense, I reckon Dan would have seen you do it because he was just like constantly looking around for <laughs> idols and suspicious yeah, of everyone. That's true. I think I yeah. think it would have been caught by someone. Yeah. So I, I don't regret finding it how I find how I found it, really, to be honest. Yeah, love that. Okay, so when you did use it, <clears throat> this is another CK question. When you did use it at the tribal before merge, why didn't you force rocks? You knew Rem needed to go, and yet you accepted the group will to vote out Rhiannon. Why? No better time to force rocks than when you're immune by way of an idol. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I took it upon <laughs> myself to, once I was immune, I guess I was a bit more vocal, and I explained, like, why we need to get rid of Rem. Because, I mean, Dan thought we were merging at Final 7, and I was like, no, we're fucking merging next vote. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I didn't quite say it in those words. And, yeah, so I expressed that, you know, yeah, Rem needs to go because of this, 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 and this. And there was a bit of a back and forward. And then um, Rhiannon just kind of was like, oh, like I think Rhiannon was a little bit done on the game at that point because it had been going for a while. And she was just like, oh, you know what, I'll go. Rem can stay. Um, Rem's, Rem's strong enough to beat Rosie in these challenges. As I, she said something of those of those words and then so from there like i'm not going to force someone to stay if they don't want to stay um i knew it wasn't the right right decision to have her go but if she wanted to go then you know i'm not going to make her stay yeah i remember that tribal i think it was before i'd started on the wines um what's the name of that other guy that was from your starting tribe oh david without pat 
Yes, David without a hat. I he has such a familiar face, and I can't decide whether or not we've met, or if he just has that kind of, you know, that face that is like the the underwhelming boyfriend of one of your like very close friends. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like he's really lovely, but you meet him yeah. three times and. I'm like, I can't remember. So either he's dated one of my friends and I never spoke to him or he's just that kind of icon. So, Emma, we want to know, at what point during the day did you stop being profoundly hungover? Did you get back on the beers, hair of the dog? Oh, I, we were definitely back on the beers and I think we were drinking. Merch, please. The three of us, because we just were getting picked off one by one and it was kind of depressing and there was nothing we could do about it. So we were just kind of, that's why there's not a lot of footage of us towards the like end, because we were just sort of sitting there getting to know each other. Like we weren't strategizing because we were just. It's like the last supper. There was no hope. Yeah. Yeah. We tried what we could try and they were unbreakable. <laughs> yeah. I, I was all right. I, I was very dusty in the morning and that kind of cleared and then I had the shakes for the rest of the day, which. There was two balancing challenges and I had like just the most unsteady hands. And so, yeah, that was on me. But I don't think the rest of it made, I'm, yeah, as, as you said, I'm not, not super athletic, so I don't think. Well, no, I wasn't saying you're not super athletic. I was saying you're not a pro athlete, so therefore we hate winning. You were one of the more athletic. <laughs> don't put Calvin's words in my mouth. Um <laughs> So one of the one of the sort of coolest moves of the season, Rosie, um, you gave Emma your idol. CK wants oh, to know. Who has it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You every night, I wear it on all my clothes. Oh, that's Thanks, my lucky stars for Rosie. <laughs> so, see, I didn't listen to CK's other podcast. Love you, CK. But I'm assuming that he talked at length about how he believes that your losing move was not telling Emma she could vote for anyone except for Ram. I personally stand with Emma. It was, at that point, a serious threat to Rem's health. He's been out there all day. You know, a very exposed to the sun, but he still can't put a T-shirt on because he's allergic to them. But I still think, Rosie, why why did you not specifically ask Emma not to do that move? Um, <clears throat> we only have ten I, <laughs> I th firstly, that move was very rushed. We had a very small amount of time, um, and I had this inkling in my head that I wanted to do it. I wanted to, I went into this game wanting to play like, you know, everyone wants to like make a move on their survivor bucket list. And it had been, even though it had been a really successful campaign towards the end of the game, it's like a bit boring when you take a majority and you just pick off the minority. It's like, it's, it's, it's effective, but it's a bit boring to watch. I was like, I want to make a move. And I wanted to make a move for Carl and Brian as well, because they're like got their worst case scenario happening, which is a majority, which, just marching towards the end with like zero like cracks merging anyway there's that and there was also I had never met Emma um before that but she was very visibly hungover when she arrived and she survived <clears throat> as an underdog up to that point and I thought wow this is one of like as a viewer watching this season I'm like oh like someone needs to save Emma like it would be amazing to see her be saved and this is I not to say that Emma. <laughs> <Melbourne> <laughs> 
um, David as well, but she was like the last remaining one. I was like, this would be an amazing move. If I gave her the idol that no one in my tribe knows about, no one will know I've given it to her. It'll be a bit of a shock for the jury and everybody watching. I was like, it would just be a really cool move to make. Strategically, it didn't make much sense because I could have carried forward with another um, five vote and then used the idol and got myself to the final four. And then I just had to win one challenge to get to the final three. So I knew, I understood that when I played it and I was like, I'm just doing this to make a really big move and pull someone closer to the end that I actually like in my head, I wanted to sit next to Emma and Amy because I thought they played two really excellent games and like contrasting games as well. Not because I thought I could beat them. I was like, I think in my opinion, these were the best three players of this season, like a really social person, Amy O, like the classic underdog that survived and thrived, Emma. And then like sort of myself, the super fan. Um, so that's why I did it. And I didn't put conditions on it because one, it was like super rushed and I kind of knew she would vote Ram and I was okay with that. Um, yeah. So that's why I didn't put conditions on it. I love that. And do you have, I mean, you went I, like, what a spot personally, no bias better to go out earlier and be the hero of the season than <laughs> it wasn't the hero move. I was just like, I wanted to win, to play to win the whole thing. But do you, do you have any regrets about it? Do you, would you rather have saved yourself at a later date or not really? No, I have no regrets about that move. I think it was, like, I enjoyed playing it. I enjoyed the reactions and I liked the little plot. As did I. <laughs> yeah. And I got deep. Like my, you know, I was like, it would be amazing to win. I was like, I just wanted to get deep into that game. And I did. I was very happy with the game that I played. I don't think I would change anything about it really. Oh, I'm so glad. All right. I believe. And yes, Keegan, move of the season. I loved it. It was great. Emma, how did you feel? Like this rando who you just met earlier in the day, you're about to go out, hands you an idol, says, sweetie, get rid of topless guy oh, if you and want. That, like, that would have been like 60 like, seconds before we had to sit sit down. It was – You just it shoved it in your head. The very end of the day, because the timekeeping had gotten so bad, like we were running – it was past midnight, so in between past challenges. And, yeah, it when was. the end? Well, I couldn't remember, but I, Sally said last on the podcast last week it was like 3 a.m. or something. So I think oh it was like 1 a.m., 1.30. I don't think it was 3, yeah. but we had have done all-nighters, mm. season two, season three. Yeah, so they're trying to catch time up. So in between the challenges, like unless they were setting up, they, it was pretty much like you go, you go, you go, do your confessional, and then you're sitting back down again. So there were... Yeah, there were, I don't even think we had a chance to sort of speak to each other without other people, which is why it was sort of happening in that weird bit of the house. Like <laughs> Rosie had to go to the bathroom to kind of intercept me as I was coming out of confessional because there was there was no other way to communicate. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, we kind of skipped over your vote out, Calvin, but that was quite an emotional one, wasn't it? You were kind of just all there sitting ducks, ready to go. Did you... I mean, it was a bit difficult when no one would talk to you, but did you think that there was – who were you trying to target to bring over? Well, initially I think I caught Tyrone and I tried to play the whole, the women are going to team up and go to the end together and just vote <laughs> the men out. I think that was one of my ideas and that didn't budge. It didn't budge at all. And then – so then I was just like, I'm just going to go – I think Rosie had immunity, so I was like, let's just go for the most – obvious threat that should go 
And so I just walked up to everyone and was like, let's just all vote out REM. Anyone who wants to jump on board? Um, <laughs> that didn't work. But um, those were kind of the only options we had. Um, we also tried to like find an idol with an old idol clue. Yeah, we just did what we could to sort of. So, it, it felt so hopeless. They were so sort of like yeah. strong. You guys we weren't giving like, us anything. And we'd go over and try and like make jokes and it was sort of just like they'd respond politely, but it was like in a like kind of like fuck off kind of way and we were just yeah, uh, very you know, much we'd sit back on the other side of the pool and chant break the fire again because there's nothing else to do. No, Amy says, oh, my God, when you three were holding hands. I agree, Amy. That was a quite <laughs> a sad moment. I was three wines deep at that point. I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so we knew uh, we knew that, like, we weren't successful in our campaigning, so just just waiting for the, the votes to be read. You're waiting to out of my hat. <laughs> so Calvin you said that you do remember this season because you stewed on it for years afterwards talk to me about that what have you been stewing over oh god I mean after initially like all, all so much of it I was like if I had played my idol if I had not played my idol that tribal then I could have played it at merge tribe tribal and played it for Dan because Dan was pretty vocal about he thought it was gonna be him being the vote so maybe that would have happened um most of the idol <laughs> okay. I think a lot. I think a lot could have changed um, if I had had my idol emerge. But did CK's yeah. questions help? Do you feel like you can put it to rest now? No, <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I, I, I did a long time ago. You know, you, you go through these scenarios and you're like, "What if? What if?" And and then it's just yeah. It's been so long ago now that I'm like, eh, whatever. How how did it change things for you? having had that experience going into Melbourne Survivor Season 2? Um, I I don't know. I guess I, I, wa I watched my season back in Backyard Survivor and I saw that I wasn't um, – I don't think I was playing like – I think if things were different at Merge, I think I had a good, decent shot of winning, but I wasn't playing a game like that was very well seen like compared to some of the other cars. So – I think I just went to Melbourne and I was like, I want to, I want to make sure I leave the season having left a bit more of an impact than I did on on Backyard Survivor. So, yeah, I was a bit more not so scared to make make moves and yeah, be a bit more vocal and stuff like that. Yeah, you definitely were more visible and proactive on the 30 minutes or so I've seen of Melbourne Survivor season two. I've still got that treat in store for me oh. later on. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Truly blessed. Um, Rosie, have you gone on to play any other LRGs or orgs? Or are you, but you're super, it sounds like you're still active in the backyard community. Yeah, very much so. Still a part of every season that happens over here in Perth. But no, I haven't auditioned or I don't know if I intend to. I don't know. I just feel like the Perth brand is the best and I'm a little bit loyal to that. Um, I also think that. You can't, you know, you get a chance to go in and you sort of, <clears throat> you don't have a clean slate going in to the other teams now. Like it's, it's like, oh, you know, someone from another state, you know, and like, oh, they've played before, you know. You, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I wouldn't write it off, but like, yeah, I'm all about Backyard Survivor, Perth, WA edition. 
It is an amazing brand. Um, the backyard is is a phenomenal production and effort. So, what what do you do behind the scenes there now? Uh, I've had varying roles. We've actually got official job titles. I think I was I was Calvin's assistant on challenges in the latest um, season that's yet to be released, and then I was I was managed. Uh, what do you call it? The uh, where you go when you've um, been sort of isolated. Or not Ponderosa. No, not well, yeah. And then I had I was also in charge of Matt Chat, which is like a pretty like lowly kind of segment to manage. But anyway, um, just random odd jobber um running around. Most of crew is just running around a lot back and forth, trying to get things ready for the next take. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's good fun. It's nice to be immersed in that world of Survivor for 24 mm. hours. Straight. Oh, exile. Amy says exile. That's what you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was exile for season three. Yeah. Beautiful. So you're still involved as well, Cal, in challenges. <laughs> uh, yeah, same as Rosie. I've had varying roles since. Um, I've been like camp daddy twice, which is like like managing the different tribes. And then um, I was tribal council in season four. I did all that. And then, yeah, season just gone. I was challenges. So. I think everyone gets everyone mixes it up a little bit and you get a, a different feel and it's yeah it's just a great like you just check out of life for like 24 48 hours and it's just like you're all you're doing is the game like it's, it's just as much fun being on crew as it is playing it's great what about you emma oh i haven't because i i went up north at the sort of at the end of the year that our season was so i am back now but yeah yeah it sounds like it's a fun little group to still be involved in you didn't just, think about like, launching. So well organized, and I've seen footage from the the newer seasons, and they just like step it up even more. It's like a crew of eighty. Yeah. This one we've just taken. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Well, even though there was like twenty something people there filming. I, there must have been so much footage for the guys to cut through. I hate to think how much footage they've got to go through. And I'm sure some of it was fun, but I bet some of it was just so boring. Well, they get the same. Like, because they've sometimes got three cameras filming the same conversation. So they're like, they're trying to sift through which is the best angle, but like, oh. Or shooting between angles, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you could launch, I mean, we always need another LRG, obviously. You could have launched Survivor Karatha, Emma. (laughs) I actually, I I was, because I did flick through all the messages, I actually did offer the backyard up to Kyle if they were going to come up. But it, I think I think it would have been a bit too hot. Ours was hot in January, and that was Perth. And I, yeah, I think it might. Yeah, be that's good. Make people play outside up there. There's not a lot of shade, especially with t-shirt allergies running rampant I, I in WA. Probably indoors or in winter, winter would be amazing, or out in the like proper bush, I guess. Keegan wants to know: Would any of you three return if you got the chance to backyard? Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Emma? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm and if I came back, I promised to get drunk the night before again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was a bit. I think I was 21 when we filmed that, and I pushed through one. So I don't know if that's um. <laughs> maybe I'll just come back as myself this time. I would. Character. I would definitely. Um, I'd play again. Like even though we're the OGs and like it's it's all cool and stuff. We played a very budget season compared to 
It was still legit amazing. though. Oh yeah, absolutely. But seeing the scale of like the challenges and stuff now, uh, yeah. it'd be yeah. so much, so much fun to just, I think the challenges will be the, the main part for me. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. All right. In a less serious question, my favorite phenomenon to come out of the LRG community are season couples. Did anyone from the season go on to date afterwards? <laughs> Tell me, need to know. Did Ram have a polyamorous relationship with multiple contestants? I do remember seeing a pack of condoms in his bag when we were getting Oh, my God! It's Scott! It's the original Scott! We had a guy on my season who smuggled in condoms. (laughs) I do know that Rem Rem found a lovely lady at the after party. (laughs) Not a a cast member, but I won't say any more than that. (laughs) Um, Oh, I love that for him. Yeah, but I don't think... Yeah, I don't think anyone... Really? Really? No one dated yeah. afterwards? There was a lot of gay people on the cast. Yeah, but they could have dated each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, we'd all been through too much together. Yeah, all right. Trauma bonded. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I'm going to, well, for, before I go any further, sorry if this wasn't the serious uh, strategy conversation you were hoping for, but as Calvin said, I'm incredibly dumb. Um, <laughs> is there anything that we were going, that you wanted to talk about that we haven't addressed yet? Um, Just how terrifying Rosie was on the day. Oh. Like I wanted you out of the game so bad. Like, I think it was after the idol, the throwing the idol hands was idol. Oh hands. yeah, I, I think like, everyone was scared in our whole tribe that after that we were like. Oh, I surprised myself with that. I would, yeah. you know, I knew the strategy. I remember watching it. I was like, I'm not tall or strong. I was like, but I can be smarter here, you know. And I knew that there were games where they'd thrown it up and then smacked it. And I think it was you, Calvin, that like, you know, tried to hold it up really high. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't yeah. need to whack your hand. I can just whack your like upper arm, and that's what I did. Yeah. I just, just felt like it was like this like, is the moment. Like you can't afford to lose a number right now. If you go to tribal, you are losing yeah. a red. So I was like, you need to win this. It was very serious, you know. Like in my head, I was like, maybe we've been playing the real survivor at that point. I was like, this is do or die. <laughs> so why are you so good at sport? Do you play sport? You were conspicuous no, for good. No, I was terrible at sport at high school. I was always the kind of person that was picked last. I didn't play team games for that reason for a long time. I'm not sporty, but I do do like health and fitness things you know and I've watched every season of Survivor so I've watched every challenge so I've seen people play challenge as well so I went into those things with a concept of how to play the challenge not just like you know Rem obviously had like the ability with the fly kick you know that's like athletic ability but I was like more a strategic approach and a lot of it was balancing as well it wasn't like athleticism didn't really come into play the memory one but yeah, you oh, yeah, like I have a very good memory. Like that's, yeah, I have a good memory. That's something that I do know about myself. But, um, yeah, a lot of it was just like having survivor knowledge, I think, and like an aptitude for the challenges and I don't know, yeah. You're good at throwing things, balancing things, holding stuff up. I mean, I've watched a lot of Survivor Babe. It has not translated in an ability to do anything. So we do love that for you. I want to finish, this is getting to nearly 10 o'clock my time, which is not a vibe. So I want to ask my final question, the Max question, Max from my season, who loves to ask, 
Calvin, did you have fun? Did it did it change your life in some way? Do you cherish those memories? <laughs> I had the best fun. It was it was one of the best days ever. Um, and just you know, made a. I don't necessarily see everyone from backyard very often, but we film this thing once once a year, roughly, and it's just like the family back together again each time. Like we've just made this little circle of friends, and it's that's that's it's just great. Yeah, fun time. Made some good friends out of it. Yeah, no regrets at all. Beautiful. Rosie, did you have fun? Did you make friends? Did it change your life? Thanks, Max. It is an important question. Yeah. We honour you every episode. No, absolutely. I, I had an amazing time. Like you could tell from the footage that I was loving it, like every second. Um, yeah, and definitely made some friends. Like my, my like response would be the same as Calvin. It's like a little family that gets together to do like lots of intense workshops, preparing stuff for the day and and then filming and it's that immersion into the world of survivor like you do you leave your life behind and just do what kyle and brian say for like yeah 48 72 hours and like it's but it's it's amazing it's so good and like very diverse group of people but like not even all survivor fans but we're just all joined in on this backyard survivor kind of thing yeah it's awesome definitely oh, amazing. i would do anything kyle and brian told me to hot <laughs> Emma, you came in with a very different vibe. You were hungover. You wanted to vomit. We're shaking by the afternoon. You promptly left everyone and moved up north. But in the end of it all, did you have fun? Did you make I had friends? An awesome day. It was such a. It's not. It's it's very rare to like meet a group of people that have such like well organized events. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. great, and that everyone kind of gets around it. It it, it was really fun and. The, the rush of adrenaline I got when Rosie gave me that idol was <laughs> and being able to play it like it's I, I didn't because when you watch it on the episodes everyone sees me receive it from Rosie but like when I played it no one knew that that's what had happened so yeah I felt like a million bucks for an hour there that was so much fun Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you all for being such good sports. Thank you, Calvin, for putting up with me being a bit of a meanie. Rosie, Emma, your iconic queens, thank you for sharing. We loved it. Don't worry, everybody. We still have more coverage of this season to come. Next week, we're going to be handing out the awards for MVP, an orca of the season. Uh, and then I think, is that when... CK also does his chat with Kyle and Brian about the production. I don't know, but CK will tell you. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Yeah. Thanks, CK. Thanks for having us. Make it end. <laughs>